0: about success and what it means to different people. I'm your host Alana and today we're here with Jade Wangza. Hi Jade.
1: Hey Alana, I'm super excited to be here.
0: Me too. So um, I'm just going to jump into it. Basically your whole channel and kind of what you built was um, how to get people to be successful on the internet. So I'm kind of wondering... Why you chose that as your path and then also i've noticed that you've kind of transitioned into a, a lot more of a lifestyle on different platforms like on your TikTok. you've talked about um, surfing a lot so kind of your journey through why you started with that and why it's changing
1: yeah totally so my story started actually way before my current youtube channel talking about like internet culture and like social media success so when i was nine I started my first YouTube channel playing with dolls. Like, I just liked telling stories and getting some internet besties. Nice. So, um, I remember, like, I just made videos for fun. And I was really inspired by, like, YouTubers like Bethany Moda, Michelle Phan, like, just like the OG creators. Um, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. I think with a lot of creators, like, you kind of get an idea of, like, okay, I wanna make videos, but you don't really know what to do. So, that was me. So, for like 10 years, so I started when I was nine, I'm like 20 now. Oh, wow. um, like, I was just like, making the randomest content. Like I was making doll videos, with beauty content. It wasn't until I was 16 where I made one video where I was talking about like how I grew my Instagram to like 5,000 followers is when like it it took off. I got my first a million viewed video. And wow, I think a million views are less like cool now because TikTok is like really easy to do that. But like at the time on YouTube it was like no, a huge deal. Crazy, I was like 16. Yeah. And um yeah, and I just like, kind of like, okay, I guess people want this type of content. So I kept going. It was completely on accident. So I think for me, the reason why I like to do serving content on other social medias is just like, I like experimenting and then whatever the world wants, I kind of just go with that. keep going and, and go with the flow. <laughs> so yeah.
0: And so you're kind of comfortable with like transitioning your content to something new and like starting because you do something completely different on TikTok and, and Instagram is more of like lifestyle stuff as well. So are you comfortable with that like how did you realize like what does better on different platforms
1: to be very honest I take a very untraditional approach with social media like I don't like I don't want to make money from social media and I know that's really weird because I talk a lot about it I think that like I made YouTube videos because I love it like it's not about the money it's about making videos making content telling a story. When I started to make money, it stressed me out. I think when I was starting to make internet, like to be very honest, when I was making like videos around like how Emma Chamberlain grew or like Instagram growth, I made like money, but I was really unhappy. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, I think with a lot of people, if you're a creator, you understand this, or just in anything, like when there's pressure to perform and do something, like it's not fun. So like for me, I, I think it's easier to experiment because I don't take myself that seriously. Like I'm literally a surfer on one platform. I make business content on YouTube. And then I like, can i on
0: here oh uh, sure yeah it's fine
1: i okay okay <laughs> i was just wondering i fuck around on like instagram so i don't know like i think for me it's like i really think the way you should build a brand has always been like start with you like and then from there you can find the opportunities but if you start with making money first it's going to be really hard to like enjoy it
0: yeah so you kind of you kind of just found what worked and like went with that um so you have like helped a lot of people grow based on your content on youtube what have you noticed has been like the key to success for a lot of people from different, like for your own success or for other people's success?
1: Yeah, I think there's like three phases in like a uh, creator's growth. And it's kind of like a startup. There's this book called Zero to One. Um, it's, I think it's by Teal, the Teal Fellowship guy. But, anyways, Zero to One is like the idea around like, what you do when you get your first maybe zero to 100 followers is way different than 100 to 10,000, as you know. Like, mm-hmm. it's just different. So, I've always seen, like, if you're trying to go from zero to, let's say, 100 subscribers, mm-hmm. it's really about consistency and frequency. Kind of cringy, but like, you just need to be consistent. I know everyone says that, but it's the truth. Yeah. I think when you go to 100 to like 1,000 or 10,000, you have to take a different approach. You have to not think about frequency, but strategically, like, what are things that are like really trendy, um, but like still, m- like natural to me, and I can combine it to make a new type of content. So I call this like the remix strategy. Basically, you want to figure out like not just to make a bunch of videos, but make really good content that kind of gets a new audience. And I think once you hit like a million over, you know, personally for me, it's about like ba- building community, building products, like not just like selling merch, but how do you build like brands that are long term? Yeah. Well, so I think it's like, it depends on what stage you're in, but I think in the beginning, it's all about consistency.
0: Mm-hmm. What is success like just specifically to you? Like what is your success or like what are what makes you feel successful?
1: That's a good question. I think success for me is being able to travel and work with creative people. I think the people you surround yourself with, it's so like cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. I think it's just so important to surround yourself with really good people because like it doesn't matter if you make like six figures, seven figures, but you're like hanging out with like a manager that's like not really good for you for your mental health or you have to make videos that you don't really care about. So I think success is saying yes to what I want to do and saying no to what I don't. That's like true freedom, right? When you have the ability to be like, I don't want to work with this person and you can have the ability to say that.
0: Yeah. When did you kind of feel like you got, or you reached that point or do you, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel like you've reached the success that you need or is there something like your next step or like, what are you, you know?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I thought I reached it, but then I like have to deal with some lame dude that was being mean to me, you know, on the Internet. Like it's I think it's one of those things where you don't really reach it. It's you you maybe you I felt it maybe this year, Uh but there's always going to be things you can improve. Yeah. So I think that's how I approach success. At the same time, I obviously have lofty goals. Like I have maybe things I want to buy for myself, team, like ways I want to scale my brand and my businesses because I don't just do YouTube. I have a company, but I don't know. For now, I'm like taking it pretty chill. Like I just, I'm just trying to be happy every day.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like a consistent thing. Like you have to find success every single day, not just like something that you reach and then it's done.
1: Totally. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. (laughs) That's what I was getting from that. Like that it's not like you get it and then, you forever have success. Like you always have to be thinking about what's the next thing and you have other goals. Um, that's great. I actually like that a lot. I feel like a lot of people have talked about like happiness being success. And so I think it's nice hearing a different like idea of what success mm, is.
1: I, I have a, I just don't think if you're like happiness is so like hard to like measure and yeah. contain. Cause you, you know, I think it's like, true happiness is sometimes when I like right before it, I feel really sad but then I feel like it's 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 like if you only optimize for the high parts you're kind of optimizing for a percentage of your life and I feel like that's really dangerous versus you can make you can be if you if you if success to you something where you can do every day you're going to feel more successful more motivated
0: yeah yeah and I think like you can be successful and you can be unhappy or you can be happy and not successful and there's different ways to like kind of approach that and there's like you might reach success and not actually be happy um, depending on what you're doing. So I agree with that. Yeah, totally. Um, what do, What do you feel about like passion and success? Do you think that you have to be passionate about what you're doing to be successful? Or do you think those two things can be separate? Like you can have a passion and then you can be successful in different things. Or do you think maybe both?
1: You know, I know very, I know people like me that are like, I can only make money and be successful in something that I care about. Like for me, like I care about climate change and sustainability and like a lot of my projects in my agency that I work on are revolved around that. Um, and I can't, like I literally will say no to brands that spent, like we'll pay like, you know, six figure budgets if it's not aligned to me. I just can't. But I also know people that are like money machines and like have only one goal of like building a billion dollar company and brand and like they just go, go, go. So, you know, it's really about who you are as a person and your upbringing Personally, for me, I can't do things if it doesn't make sense or benefit others.
0: Okay. What's your What was your um, life growing up like? Like, are your parents really successful and, like, wanted you to, like, go to college and do this and that? Um, is, like, how was how your life growing up?
1: Good question. How was my life growing up? I had a really, like, my parents had no money growing up. Like, my childhood was pretty uh, tough, honestly. It's so kind of context. My dad, he is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He... We were, I was born in LA We lived like in a really nice house in like Pasadena, and I remembered we lost everything in 2008 when the recession hit so we moved to Texas I remember like moving in a little van and I'm an only child so like you know I, I didn't have a lot of people to talk to. I, I moved to another state and kind of started over there and I remembered you know sleeping on an air mattress for a little bit like you know I, at the time I didn't know what was going on I didn't know we were going through a recession. I didn't know why we went from a house to like an apartment. But I saw my dad really have a lot of resilience and he's still trying to keep growing his business, but he definitely had a level of depression. I think for like a long time, my dad experienced like health issues. Like he had a heart, like a heart attack. He, you know, had like a lot of like, you know, health issues because like when you're stressed, like it will affect your mental health and money is a huge part of it. So I think I got a sense of like drive to make money because I'm like, oh my God, like my family's sick. And I think at the time I also got pretty sick. So I was in a wheelchair, not a lot of people noticed, but I was in a wheelchair from like, like, eight to 10 because that's why I started YouTube because I couldn't go to school because I had really bad eczema I was like scratching myself a lot and um I it's kind of gruesome but basically I couldn't walk because like my joints couldn't move and I remember like that's why I started YouTube because I couldn't go to school I didn't have friends and it was an outlet. looking back yeah it was an outlet you know and thank God for YouTube because like it really helped me you know build a career but at the time it was like everything I had so like I think for me, I got a sense of like, okay, like I was super motivated not to make money out of YouTube, but just to do something like help my parents. I remember I told my parents, I was like, mom, dad, I was like nine, keep in mind. I was like, mom, dad, one day I'll make $500 and then like solve all our problems. Like I thought like $500 would solve like everything. (laughs) At
0: that age, Um, you think that's like the most money you can possibly make? Yeah, that's the most money I can
1: make. And my mom's like,
0: okay, $500.
1: (laughs) But I was just motivated, like I'm still am to like give back to my parents, help them out. You know, I started a business because I love making content and, and, like, building a brand. But also it was because, like, damn, like, my dad, you know, now his company, um, like, he definitely bounced back. Like, a lot of people that suffered the 2008 don't bounce back. But he, you know, he kept going with his company. And now they're doing good. So there's a little happy ending. But definitely, like, my first, like, my, t- my, my child was definitely a roller coaster. But I, I think it made me a lot more resilient and, you know, it stronger.
0: Yeah, it definitely shaped how you, like, went about business, I feel like um and like thinking about them is that like your why is that your reason for doing things
1: it's a good question i think for the longest time yes i want to buy my parents a house like that's been like the goal but as i've been going to therapy i realized like having goals for other people is very scary because what what do you do when you're, you reach that or mm-hmm. Even more importantly, like, what are you doing for yourself? You know, yeah. like, yes, you can b- give a lot to other people, but like, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think that is my parents have always been the driving force, but I'm also figuring out like, what do I want as a person? Yeah.
0: I, I also wonder, cause you, you started here in LA and why did you come back to, cause you're in Southern California still, right? Why did you come yeah. back from Texas? Did you always want to? Was, was there a reason for that? And also, cause I'm wondering, um, some other people that I talked to grew up here in LA as well. And I was wondering how that shaped their lives, but you moved out of LA and still have like that drive. So I'm wondering a little bit about.
1: Like, yeah. So moves. my timeline is like, I lived in LA, born in LA, moved to Texas, no choice. Cause we had no money. Um, then moved to Oregon. Cause that's where my dad had his job opportunity. And then I personally try to make money on YouTube and move back to LA. <laughs> so I think I just, you know, LA is so cool. Like it's yeah. where you are, creators are like, it is like where people make dreams. So yeah. it's obvious that I like had I, when I moved back to LA at 16, I had $1,000 in my bank account and 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Did like you I had move no alone plan. When you were 16? So what's that? Did
0: you move alone when you were 16 or was that- Yeah,
1: I oh, moved alone. I lived okay. in a USC dorm. Like I had no money for rent, so I lived in a USC dorm and all my housemates were like who the fuck is this bitch? Because I'd be like <laughs> I'd be like I'm not I don't go to USC. I'm just like a 16-year-old. <laughs>
0: like I just have no other option like this is this is what you have to this is it yeah, yeah so I remember because like, I, dro- I dropped
1: out of school right before that so I dropped out of high school moved to LA yeah so I was kind of like I was just full sending it
0: yeah you were like you were like I'm making this happen
1: exactly yeah
0: was that hard being like 16 without your family and like coming out here
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. I I think like my family and I had like a phone call here too, but like, you know, adulting is tough. Like I'm an only child, you know, I don't know how to take out the laundry or like cook for myself. And like, I learned it all, obviously, but definitely a really tough few years I think for me I love LA and I go back to LA because um it's where like you really just like see a bunch of people also struggle like a lot of yeah I, I think a lot of people go to LA because they want to build a dream and like be successful but I also think there's a lot of people that struggle here and like you kind of bond oh, yeah. with them a little bit so like for the longest time like yes my friends were like really successful entrepreneurs but I learned the most successful people are sometimes the most depressed the most stressed or like they have some other shit going on, and I like not that I like want to be around misery, but it's like comforting <laughs> to know that like
0: we're like you're not alone. Through, yeah. Like we're,
1: everyone's going through some stuff.
0: Yeah, I used to live here from like 2000, 2013 to 19, and then I moved back to my hometown, and I came back just to like l- be in the energy again. I I missed this energy here.
1: Where did you live?
0: Um, I when I moved back home. Um, yeah, where it was
1: home from you? Uh,
0: it's uh, Santa Rosa. It's by San Francisco, 45 minutes. Got long. you. Yeah. So it was good two years being there and, like, you know, being with family and friends and everything. But I missed, like, the energy and, like, the passion and the creativity here. And I think that's what, like, drives my, like, force to, like, keep creating, I guess.
1: (laughs) I know. I, I moved to San Luis Obispo like last year mm-hmm. just because like quarantine, I wanted to be closer to like of the beach. But I remember like there's not a lot of creators, and it, it, like the where you surround yourself with totally matters, as you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, L.A. is magical in that way.
0: Do you feel like working with other people like helps you be more creative or like get further or like build with your success? Or do you think working alone kind of helps you? Because I was talking to one person. They said, I love working with other people. Whereas um, the last person I talked to, she was like, "No, I love doing everything on my own. I want full control of like everything I edit, everything I do." I
1: oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like so I used to edit all my videos, my YouTube videos, until like three years ago where I hired an editor, and it was the scariest thing. Like, sh- sorry, Amanda, but like Amanda, my editor knows this, but she's like, Jade is so like choosy, like picky, like she does not want anybody to like say her message other than her. <laughs> and uh, you know, I definitely think it's so tough to like outsource a part of like such an important part of making content uh, for me. I like working with other people because I realized my like in, in business or in branding, like you need to figure out like that one thing. And, and like, I think personally for me, my one thing is like connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So like if I spend too much time in the, Corner editing a video and the technical stuff. I don't think I'd be able to figure out my one thing that enables me to, you know, work on my channel. But also, I have an agency that I run. I manage creators. We do a lot of stuff in like NFTs and crypto now. So, like, I have to be like researching and I can't spend time editing. I do think there's some creators out there that are, that are fully artists that they don't want to handle the business side and they want to fully control everything. And I think that is actually super reasonable, but you still need help. Like, maybe you need someone managing the, 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 the like, the, email side so I I don't know I don't think anybody sustainably can build a brand alone but I do know people that prefer working alone but they still have other people that help
0: yeah how do you deal with like failure like when you work so hard on something and then it it doesn't perform or it just doesn't work out like how do you deal with that like the bounce back because I know you were just talking about how your dad like had a great recovery after like such a hard time i'm wondering how you deal with it or how you've seen yeah, that's a good question
1: yeah i think my dad definitely has been such a great role model and dealing with mm-hmm. failure like his way of dealing with failure is it, it sucks and but you get through it you know that's what i saw right like my dad fell down and like he's I, I make him sound like he's like it's a tragic story but like he really did his best like he had like a company that scaled like two millions to two two million dollars in two months and then like lost everything like it's tough and i don't know i think for me now that i seen him rebuild his business and you know have a few years of being down i realized like okay you can if i'm head. having a bad day a bad week what, like it's <laughs> nothing compared to that you know it's like i can i can rebuild myself and even even if the worst things comes to worse like you're not alone like i remember my dad the way he got on a lot of these problems and issues was asking for help like he you know like he would go to like, um, so basically for some context, my dad's company used to work in like, he would build software for like enterprise companies. But then because of like the whole internet era, he had to pivot from building enterprise brands to like e-commerce, like Shopify. Um, So that's a huge pivot. So he asked like some Shopify brands, like, how can I help you? And like, I remembered like, the biggest thing I learned is like a lot of the times when you fall down, it's not like people leave you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're so ashamed of your own self, you remove yourself from those conversations. And it takes a lot of courage to come back up and be like, hey, like I need help. And telling, you know, in the, in business, it's typically like your, your clients or maybe like people that can help you or advisors, right? Like, hey, like I need help. So I think for me, it's like I look at failure as like an opportunity just to ask for help. Like I don't look at it as like a, oh, you did something wrong it's like no like you just need to like get some feedback like yeah. that's the way i see it and it's so tough because the thing is like you don't when you look at things that way like oh it's just an opportunity for me to ask for help it doesn't remove the rejection you feel you know <laughs> like you're still gonna feel like shit. and
0: but... also i feel like some people have such a hard time asking for help like it's right like a, it's so hard kind of like ashamed like oh i have to actually ask for help with this
1: Totally. Like I, I go to therapy once a week um, and, and like mm-hmm. every day it's like it's so hard to be vulnerable to ask for help. It's like I struggle with it. I'm here talking on a podcast about it, but I'm not perfect at it. Yeah. So I think it's like you just have to try to you improve. But I definitely think it's really painful. Something I do think, which is why I mentioned this in the beginning, but like when you're around people in LA, the right circle, like mm-hmm. you realize it's so normal for people to fail. Like if you don't live in LA, And you look at people who live in L.A. and all their success on Instagram, you're going to be like, damn, they're always winning. In reality, when you build connections with people in L.A., living in L.A., you realize, like, their day-to-day is, like, tough. tough, You know, it's it's like they're – a lot of people that are looking super successful, rich online can't pay their rent on time. And that's, like, not to shame on them, but it's, like, normal to struggle.
0: Mm -hmm. I think everyone forgets to realize that, especially when you see someone successful or like someone like blow up or someone's business do really well, you forget that like they worked so hard to get there and that there's all the ups and downs just to get there. Um, Yes, totally. What do you think it takes for someone to be successful? Like, do they need to have, like, they need to be resilient. They need to do this, they need to do that. Like, what do you think it takes for like a person to be successful in whatever they're doing?
1: Hmm, I think that there's like three traits I would say. I think the first thing is ability to for like ability to forget the outcome, like f- basically falling in love with the process. Mm-hmm. Like I think for a lot of the time, if if I was focused right on like if I was focused on getting ten million subscribers or whatever the goal, maybe it was like ten thousand subscribers when I was a thousand, mm-hmm. I don't think I would be able to. F- Go keep going because you how I created like a 100 videos before my first video blew up. So if I just focus on the outcome, I would not have gotten there. So I think you have to be able to figure out like, what the fuck do you like? That's not outcome based, but let's like process based, that like enables you to keep going. So it's like, honestly, just tricking your brain to find like what drives you. Uh, For me, it's like, I just like telling stories. So I just focus on the process. Mm -hmm. Secondary to that, I do think you need to be really good. Like, I'm going to be tactical here, like you need to be good with numbers. Like I do think if you can't like, in the beginning, because like I don't have trust trust fund parents, I wish. And I don't have a lot of people that like just like I'm not venture back. My company's a venture back. So I make my own money. Yeah. Um, like you have to be good at like spreadsheets. Like, I think that like if you're just gonna be like, Wait, okay, you, you can can't like wing it. Sugar like, if you can you can wing it, but like you no. can't wing it for long. So I think you need a plan. I think you need to be able to be like, okay, like if three months hits, I'm not making a single dollar. What's my backup? Like, yeah. you don't need to like force making money out of your YouTube channel, but like, get another job. Like, I have to, you know, freelance for a lot of startups. When I was not making money on YouTube and not a lot of people know that but that's how you survive in LA and then I think the third thing is just like asking for help like this is the hardest thing because you kind of have to do it tastefully Mm -hmm. you can't just like ask a bunch of people for help maybe you have to like be friends with them like you know make sure like you're a sociable person add value to people's lives first and it's a talent to network in LA because a lot of people do it very badly you know you don't want to you don't want to just ask for help because it's I can go into that later but I think those are the three things I would say That would make you successful.
0: Wait, well, let's go into it. What's like a tasteful way to do it? it? (laughs) Because I think that'll be really helpful tips because like not just in LA, but asking for help anywhere, like whatever business you're doing, like what's a tasteful way to do it?
1: okay what takes away so there's two ways yes the first is called the cold approach this is if you don't know someone but you look up to them like crazy like this is good if you look up to a youtuber or celebrity or whatever influencer or founder Mm -hmm. so i have an email script that i use that works really well and it goes something like this basically say you want to get mentored or get advice from someone you don't want to ask them for help you want to tell them about a project that's interesting to them Mm -hmm. and then Kind of leave it up to them to be like, I can help you. And let me explain. Mm -hmm. So, this is a true story. Last year, this happened. I was struggling. I know a lot of people know this, but like, I was running X8 Media to the ground, like, maxing credit cards. Like, we were doing really good in brand deals and revenue, but brands don't pay on time.
0: (laughs) I know that. So, like,
1: (laughs) you know, there's just, it's just a lot of like, we're gonna make it this quarter, but I don't know if we're gonna make it this month. Type thing. Anyways, so I was trying to figure ship some some stuff out. This was like twenty twenty January, and I emailed this guy. I actually found this guy, who was the founder of a company called Creative Market, and it was kind of similar to my agency. But they sold for like two hundred million dollars to Johnson and Johnson. He was a part of Y like Combinator, which is a very prestigious incubator. He's now working like a healthcare tech company, like very very successful but what I liked about him was like in his interviews and podcasts he was like really human and he was like chill like he's yeah. like surfer like he's like kind of kind of like me I was like okay like I think you're super cool so I couldn't because i I'm sure everyone has emailed or cold emailed like their mentor and be like hi I'm 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 needing help but no one responds like, so I have to be savvy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please please help me so I was like okay what's a way that I can get this guy's attention I did some stalking you have to do some stalking yeah and I realized Oh, like he's currently working on a nonprofit that's helping young entrepreneurs like figure out their first business. So I kind of got lucky. When when the person you're trying to get help from likes to do phila- like philanthropical things, it's really easy. Yeah.
0: But anyways. So
1: do some find, stalking. What find was Find that?
0: someone that's interested in doing that, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well,
1: that's not cool. really, but I, I went on LinkedIn and find something you have in common. Like mm-hmm. it could be like last time it was like, oh, we both like NFTs. So yeah. essentially what you want to do in the email is kind of say, hey, I'm, hey, what's up, Dustin? That's a fake name. Um, the way I frame it is like, I got connected because of this. Mm-hmm. It's a little vague of how you got connected, but no one asked. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So got connected because we both are interested in helping the Gen Z figure out entrepreneurship. Yeah. Boom. Bingo. Okay. You don't start with like, I have a startup idea. You're just like, what what do we have in common? LinkedIn is great to do this. Then I will kind of go into my project. I think for me, I, you know, a lot of people are like, Jade, it's so easy for you to get the, you know, mentors that that are like multi-million dollar founders because you can say I have a channel with 400,000 subscribers. I built this agency for three years. We have X amount of revenue. It's really easy for you to say, but actually in this email to Dustin, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't say any of that. I said, these are the projects I failed in. I told him I worked on this uh, SaaS company. It's called PBJ app. It didn't work. I worked on this, this project. It didn't work because why I knew that he wrote an article before that basically talked about his failures and his company. And I realized like, you know, you have to be savvy with it, but you have to match the tone of the person. So, like, I was like, hey, these are the things I failed at. And then I told them, but this is my new idea. From everything I failed here, this is what I've learned. Let me know your thoughts. Would love to hop on a call that's literally it. He replied in 20 minutes. We were on a call in like an hour and immediately he wanted to mentor and give funding to me, but I wasn't even raising money for this new idea I was working on. So I don't know. I think like that's one way to properly ask for help and network. You want to be just, you want to be a friend, just be like, don't, don't act like this person's better than you. Mm -hmm. Just be like, this is my experience and I know you can help. Now, if you're going to like a party in LA, this is a way different technique, but start with that. Let me know how it goes if anyone wants to. But, yeah, I feel like L.A. networking is way different, but that's how I actually get real help.
0: Yeah. I think it's harder because, like, you're not always going to be out and about and, like, it's easier to do it online or, like, email someone like in, than yeah. actually meeting someone. Like, how often are you going to run into people, especially if you don't live in L.A.?
1: Yes. I mean, in L.A., it's like – I mean, I was at a networking – creator Economy dinner the other day, and it's tough because like you want to meet somebody, but like you don't want to come across like my name is Jade, yeah. you know. Well, so, like, elevator it's it's pitch,
0: hard. Or like, have you heard of that? Like the elevator pitch. Do, how do you feel about that? Like when you meet someone, so cringy. Yeah, God, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of awkward. <laughs> okay. Well, how um, do we? How, what about mental block? And like when you're burnt out and you're just like, I'm done with everything that I'm doing. How do you deal with it? What do you What do you do?
1: Yeah. So I think burnout which is a great question because I think sometimes I think I'm out right now. So this oh, is no. a good reflection. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, yeah. are <laughs> so in the middle of but, it. You're um, like, I don't know. <laughs> for me, whenever, like right now, like whenever mm-hmm. I realize that like I am tired, I ask myself what... I think burnout is not sometimes doing too much. It's just not doing enough of what you love. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes you can be... Like I had times where I was really busy, but I wasn't burnt out because I was doing what I love. So you have to ask yourself like, what is, what do you feel like right now you like want to spend your time on? Like, for example, I love, I, this is like very basic, but I just like, you know, watching a good dumb rom-com and like just zoning out. And like, I need that once a week, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I, if I don't do that, I'm like, oh, so maybe that's what I need. Or like for me, I need to be super active. So I w- if I wasn't surfing a lot last week, maybe that's why I'm burnt out. So I think it's like about like, how can you have Balance. What what sounds fun to you? Yeah. Like that's literally what it is. Um, secondary to to that, it's just like no one has no one has really cracked the code. Like I've talked to founders and like athletes, like my best friends, an athlete. Um, and you know, as you know, it's like when you want to achieve something great you have to push the limit. Like, so sometimes burnout is just naturally going to happen. It's a matter of like how you handle it. So you don't need to avoid it. It's just, you need to figure out what you can do to recharge. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's really simple things. It's typically the free things. Like I don't do heavy drugs, but like, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll surf or I will watch some show and that's all I need.
0: Like just do something that makes you happy, feel good. And you also mentioned that you like have been going to a therapist and like, how has that helped you kind of like refresh your brain and recharge you?
1: I go to a therapist for two things boy problems and business problems, yes. the two B's. And it's been great. Like, I think that, you know, before that, I, uh, I've been recovering from like an eating disorder. Mm. So, you know, I actually realized a lot of my, you know, the reasons why I've been developing an eating disorder was because of the, the boys and business problem. <laughs> problem. Um, so, by tackling that, by tackling those two, I actually solve a lot of my life issues and I'm doing a lot better um yeah getting a therapist is super awkward and tough but I definitely recommend it if you can and um I know it's like expensive but there's definitely like insurance options in LA if you guys have that but yeah it's definitely hard to find the right therapist I got lucky and me and my therapist click
0: oh good and it was like an instant match
1: yeah she was she's she's vibing it's funny though because so she works with a lot of like high stressed CEOs like that's her niche and I'm like most of them are 40 years old right oh wow so like when I like I was like, hi, I'm 20. Like, my problem is like, this boy is being really annoying. And she's, like, kind of, like, not laughing, but she's, like, damn, like, you are my youngest client because a lot of the problems is not about your husband or your kids. It's about your, like, your little fling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, it's probably refreshing, too, for her to be, like, okay, like – this is a little
1: something different than what she's used to kind of switch up in her life. She's definitely entertained by me.
0: (laughs) I love that. What about inspiration? Like where do you get your inspiration? Where have you found that like other people are getting their inspiration for everything that you do, not just like videos, but like your other businesses, where do you get your inspiration?
1: I get, Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think I get my inspiration from my childhood. I think I look back at like, what did I like as a kid? Two things I liked beauty YouTubers that like made me feel really present. And I like to, you know, do music. And Mm -hmm. I think when I look back to like, you know, when you grow up, you kind of try to be as far as away from your younger self, like you try to be more mature, you try to like, have, you know, responsibilities. But I think true, like who you are is actually really similar to like, who are as a kid because that's typically when you're the most creative and like free mm-hmm. so I look at like basically I look at the YouTubers I used to watch like I actually re watch my old YouTube videos not that, that I'm my own inspiration because that's kind of cringy but like I will watch older videos of mine or like the people I liked another thing that inspires me lately has just been like and I keep saying this, but it's just like Michelle Fawn as a person. Do you know her?
0: Yeah. Oh, I've, yeah, I've seen her.
1: Yeah. You've seen her. Yeah. She's just cool. Like she's just a YouTuber that has a company that sold for 800 million. Now she's doing crypto stuff. Like oh, that's amazing. she's just cool. Um, I just like people that have like creative s- stories, but like can do something technical. Cause I grew up in a household. So my dad's a data scientist and I've always oh, been wow. told, like, if you are a creative person, you're not going to make money. Or if you're a creative person, you know, I think a lot of, people can relate to this if your parents are trying to force you to do like computer science right it's like you won't make money unless you're like technical and like I struggled with that like idea and I think that for me it's like I'm doing something creative which is YouTube but I'm still being able to like use my like brain in a technical way and I think that I admire people that are able to balance both.
0: So were your parents always supportive of you doing like a creative job when that's not what they're used to? (sighs)
1: Supportive is like the right word they're supportive with a a lot of like like with some constraints it's like I'm supportive unless until you don't make money I'm supportive until you stop trying you know they're supportive but it's just like you know it's like I got some shit to prove
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you do you ever celebrate like small victories do you think that helps you like keep going or or do you just celebrate big things or do you not celebrate at all you're like no
1: (laughs) do I celebrate small victories no I need I need to though I I I think my friends help me do like sometimes like my best friend Claire would be like oh my god like you did this like here's a flower and I'm like what why and she's like because you did something great and I'm like damn so I don't know I think I need people to help me do that yeah. my parents are horrible at <laughs> at like no they, they, they're proud of me but you know parents are parents like yeah. I think it's like something I need to do so I don't know do you do you celebrate small wins um
0: sometimes I think I do when it's like big small wins
1: I know what you mean it has to be monumental it can't be anything
0: (laughs) but I'll do like something that I like to do so I think then it motivates me it's kind of like what you were saying like sometimes you need a break and you do something that you love so for me like I give myself that break once I've like accomplished something
1: right that's true I do that I will treat myself to time with people like I don't need necessarily a party but like I get to spend one day without looking at my phone and that's enough sometimes
0: oh okay I've never heard anyone doing that but
1: oh yeah (laughs) no no
0: um no yeah what about taking risks like do you feel like you've taken big risks and that's been like a factor in your success or do you are you afraid of risks like how do you feel about that and what do you see when you work with other people like when they take risks um are you seeing like that payoff
1: oh, that's a good question I'm I'm you know I'm a crazy goat Goat? goat I've never described myself as a goat I'm a crazy <laughs>
0: greatest on earth
1: yes <laughs> greatest on, I am the greatest it? on earth no um I'm quite crazy with risk like I dropped out of high school I moved to LA with a thousand dollars bank account no plan like I definitely am on the very edge because I have nothing to lose because the thing that I know is like I'm young mm-hmm. like I was 16 at the time and if I ever messed up I could always go back to school mm-hmm. I think it depends like you know if you're listening to this podcast and you have like two kids and a mortgage like don't take that much risk you know yeah I think it's like I think that if you're under 25 and you don't have a mortgage and you have like potentially no debt like take a damn risk like what's the worst that's gonna happen I I literally have seen nobody like unless you half-ass it okay Mm -hmm. I've seen nobody that took a fat risk like regret it completely yeah Yeah. You might like fall down. Like, did I say that, you know, when you take a risk, you're gonna be successful immediately? No, like I had to move back to my parents' house for like three months at one point because I couldn't pay rent. You know, it's like not like that. It's just like, I have known, i have never seen anybody that has like fully committed, like regret it Mm -hmm. and at least learn something from it. So, you know, for me, it's like, hell yeah. (laughs) Like
0: like, take the risks. Take it. What about when you doubt yourself? Like, how are you um, able to like get rid of that voice in your head? About like a project that you're about to work on.
1: I hypnotize myself. <gasps>
0: okay. <laughs> okay. I'll explain. I'll explain.
1: Yes, please. So what I have. <laughs> so a lot of the times, and I learned this from therapy. So okay, I'll give you guys some tips. A lot of the times, what is okay, Alana? What is the most negative thing you typically say to yourself? Is it a phrase that you repeat to yourself? Like, what is it?
0: I think I tell myself that I'm not good, in... like I'm not good enough, or like I, like okay. I don't know how to do it well whatever I'm doing
1: I'm not good enough right so that's that's a phrase I tell myself too so you want to write down like almost like write down what your negative self says but you don't want to imagine it as you imagine it as another character like Cassandra okay Mm. so like for me I have a separate character and this voice is saying these things and I write it down like I write down you are so worthless you're so fat you're gross whatever and then basically you want to like notice that these are not your voices it's typically like a lot of times you can ask yourself when you see this paper like what is your earliest memory of this voice yeah. and sometimes it's your parents sometimes it's a friend sometimes it's not even anything it's just like sometimes you don't you don't even remember I, I have that happen like wait I don't even know where this came from but it it, it, it wasn't from me yeah. a lot of your negative self-talk is from other things and you realize that that's not your voice and there's not really a solution to this but when you do that exercise you realize like oh like When I say I'm not good enough, it's not I'm not good enough. It's like I had a parent that told me when I was six years old that I couldn't join the soccer team. And ever since then, I realized, like, I can't do anything that I put my mind to. It's like you realize it's not about you right now. It's about your child and the way you're hurting. Not all the time. Sometimes it's just, like, society. Like, if you grew up in social media all the time, you could be, like, not even a person. It's just your comment section because that's Mm -hmm. really scary. So I think it's about, like, now that you identify, yo, not my voice, you could be like, The next time you hear, you know, yourself saying, I'm not good enough, you're like, you're not changing the way you think to yourself. You just say, this is not my voice. I have a choice to listen to it or I can just, you know, move forward. And I think lately I've been doing that. Like lately when I get anxiety, I'm like, whose voice is this? This is not mine. And when you're able to make that distinction, you can actually move forward from self-doubt. It's really hard to reprogram your brain, but that really helps me.
0: I love that. i'm gonna start using that i'm gonna try to use Mm -hmm.
1: that
0: (laughs) do you think practice makes perfect that you can be successful at anything you do if you're like putting your mind to it and practicing and doing it all the time Mm.
1: or do you think you just have to be good at
0: thing like the thing that you're doing like find your strength like how do you feel about the
1: i think a lot of things are trainable but some things come naturally to you if, if there's talent And if there's talent, you don't want to focus on things that, like, I think life is about efficiency and doing less work, right? Like, there's this YouTube video trend called, like, I don't dream of labor. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't dream of working harder to get the same results. Like, what? You know? Like, so I think it's, like, figure out what do you do really good in? Because you don't want to spend a whole lifetime being good at something that you're mediocre and naturally. Like, for me, you know, I'm super great. I I can play the violin, piano, and cello. But can I code heck no I am dyslexic I will not I will screw up your website and I don't want to like I for the longest time I was like I need to learn how to code but I'm like you know what yeah no so I don't know I think it's like yeah you can learn anything but like do you want to learn everything like you probably want to learn what you're naturally good at
0: yeah oh that is something I have not thought about before (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I did not think about that (laughs) so do something that you like and that you're just probably naturally good at is kind of
1: a good tip. It's way more enjoyable. Like yeah. you want it to be fun. Like, I think a lot of people forget, like, why do you want to be successful? Cause you want to have fun. Yeah. So I think it's like just figuring out like, what are you naturally are good at? It's super hard if you don't experiment. And I think a lot of people don't find what they're good at cause they don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to code, but it didn't work, but I'm like, okay, it didn't work. So like, I think you have to be like, especially if you're younger, like you're in school, still like ex- join a bunch of clubs. Like I feel like clubs, kind of cringy you have to like socialize a little bit but like those are the fastest ways to like know what you like and don't like
0: yeah to figure it all out what's your next what's your next big goal like what's what are you working on what's what's your next projects
1: what is my next big goal so i am a creator for the past 10 years and i've always been passionate about helping other creators just make money it's money's fun it's cool it pays for stuff so I'm working on a project that not only combines creators making money, but I'm also passionate about climate change and sustainability. So my next project involves all the three. It's called NFTree. Okay. Do you know what an NFT is, Alana?
0: I do. A little bit. Like, I'm not familiar with that at all, but I know the basic.
1: Perfect. So basically, you know, NFTs are something super powerful. It basically, it stands for non-fungible token. Uh People, creators, artists can basically sell art, anything on the blockchain, and it's unique and basically no one can take it away from you. That's where non-fungible comes in. Anyways, imagine like a it's a it's a trophy, like it's one of a kind and and it's digital. Yeah. I'm working on a project that basically takes trees, like physical trees in LA where mm-hmm. we plant them. So I'm working with a nonprofit called Cambian Carbon. We're planting a hundred trees with wow. 10 creators. So 10 creators plant 10 trees and their fans can buy that tree. Uh-huh. And the portions of the t- t- NF tree sale will go to climate change organizations, funding other sustainable initiatives, and obviously the crater. Mm-hmm. So we're basically doing this in the next month. So my agency, uh, I run a company called X8 Media, and we do a lot of stuff. We work with tech companies to you know do marketing, but lately we've been working on like social movements and nonprofit stuff. So that's my next project, hopefully trying to tackle a lot of you know the issues that I, I'm so passionate about, which is you know, like our earth. Like one thing yeah. to note is like this summer, Alana, is the least extreme flooding, um, fires, and, you know, natural disasters we're ever going to see moving forward. Wow. It's going to get worse. And we as creators, and like, I, I believe we have a platform, we can do something about it. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to do something on the LA side, a <laughs> little small community. But, you know, for me, it's like, wow, like, what can I do? I want to do projects that are not about me but you know helping others so that's for me of course I have some loftier goals and like internally I want to like I don't know like buy some like nice clothes but I don't you know like uh, I'm, just little goals. I'm like little goals but that's my big goal like that's my yes. next project
0: <laughs> okay I love that well thank you for talking to me today I feel like we answered all the questions and also I got you a gift <gasps> what yes I don't have it in person because I ordered it off Etsy and it's personalized um but I will send it to you or you're also in LA but I'll show you what it is it on once it's a necklace I got you gold because you like seem like you wear gold I just looked at your yes I do
1: wear gold you're so right great
0: so I'll show you what it is hopefully you'll be able to see through the screen (laughs) um (laughs) let's see where is it ah okay so it's a gold necklace on one side it says your name looks like that
1: oh my gosh
0: On um, one side, it says your name. On the other side, it says Thrive. So just a little Uh reminder of your time here on the show.
1: (laughs) Oh, Lana, you're so (laughs) cool. You're so cool. Wait, that's so fun. Oh, and
0: I forgot to mention, you were the first... When I came up with this concept of, like, Thrivecast and, like, what I wanted it to be, you were the first person I thought of. Um, You've inspired me, so... You were the first person I wanted to have on the show. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. oh,
1: yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to uh to be here. And like I said, like we should when I'm we're back maybe in this similar area, we should definitely meet up. Yes. Um
0: and I'll send you yeah. this. Just let me know where to send it. Um you can well, yeah, message I will. me. <laughs> Thank you so much. What's up? It's your girl Lana. Thank you for watching this episode of Thrivecast. Be sure to hit the red subscribe button and the bell notifications, and I'll see you over on Instagram at Thrivecast Podcast.